Designer Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Oberreiter, and this is episode two. I first want to thank everyone for who listened to episode one, and especially those who reached out in many different ways, text and phone calls, et cetera, offering uh, words of encouragement. Um, it really helped. Uh, it's really helping me with my confidence level moving forward. So thank you very much. I do appreciate it. In episode one, I mentioned that I was in Bend, Oregon for the winter and that I was uh, getting ready to move on. And I've been on the road now for about two weeks. Uh, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to uh, start each episode and just kind of state where I'm at and maybe a, a quick story or anecdotes um, about what's happened over the last couple of the weeks. I'm currently in a place I've been really, really excited about. Um, I think I fell in love with the redwood trees the first time I was in the Mirror Woods outside San Francisco a number of years ago. And I've seen, you know, the redwood trees on the California coast, but I've never been to the Sequoia area. So I'm technically, I guess, in the Sequoia National Monument, which is close to um, Kings Canyon. And essentially, it's like a, you know, Sequoia National Forest as well. So I wanted to come to the National Forest first rather than the natural park or the national park uh, because I could do more hiking with my dog. So um, the one thing about Sequoia that, that I'm going to go to probably in, a, in the next couple of days, but you just can't really you can't really do much of anything um, with an animal. So um, there's a bunch of groves around here that I'm actually going to be hiking to tomorrow. So it's uh, I'm pretty pretty excited for that. Um, I mean, like I said, there's just something about redwoods and sequoia trees, you know, that just makes me happy and gives me this, you know, this sense of peace, you know. And what's really awesome is I'm actually, I'm sitting here uh, at my campsite outside, outdoors, you know, with little sequoia tree, little miniature, like, you know, young sequoia trees all around me. I'm sipping on a cocktail and actually I think I have an audience as there's like a a uh, little family of deer who's been scampering back and forth right next to me. And I think I'm actually in this, in this camping campsite all alone. So that's kind of, uh, kind of fun, but you know, I often think of like, you know, the sequoia and the redwood trees as these giant trees that are, you know, towering out of the earth and into the sky. And, you know, they're so old and, you know, they not only, you know, like watch over us, but I almost feel like they're like recording history. So, um, you know, I feel like well after I'm gone and well after the Internet's gone, I like to think that, you know, the the trees are recording this and uh, this podcast will forever live amongst the trees. <laughs> so, all right. So down to business. When I was thinking about, you know, what to talk about in episode two. You know, I thought it might be kind of cool uh, and fun to do something a little um, you know, laid back. And uh, since we're getting close to summer and uh, the, everything's turning nice. We're getting into travel season. I thought it might be, I'd just talk about some of the favorite places that I've been to over the last couple of years and, you know, throw in some advanced adventure ideas and some tips and such. Uh, it was really hard narrowing it down to, you know, four or five places that I'll have time to talk about, but, uh, was doing my best to try to pick some spots that maybe not everybody's have heard of or have been to that could offer some some ideas for for people so uh yeah let's get started um i thought the best you know first place to start is a place that's actually not too far from where i'm at now um i'm a very visual person and i i love maps i like to look at maps and that's you know coming to national parks i love it because you know, they give you the map and i'll you know i'll 
pull it out and stare at forever. But um, but if you're someone who's a visual person like myself and want to grab your phone and grab uh, Google Maps, I'll kind of um, give some landmarks so you can kind of follow along and, you know, take some notes and such. But so um, the first place is from here, from the Sequoia National Forest, is up and over the Sierra Mountains to the east side and just a little bit south. And if you want to put in the town of Lone Pine, California, that would be the closest town to the Alabama Hills. Um, the Alabama Hills are this beautiful high desert area of these, these amazing rock formations. And you can go in. It's BML, BLM land. Uh, so you can camp for up to, I think, two weeks for free. And you drive in and, you know, just find like a little nook and uh, you can camp out. And it is just amazing. You know, so you've got these rock formations and little trails all over. And then the Sierra Mountains comes you know, is is kind of your backdrop, and it's it's quite breathtaking to to see. And you know, people are there, and they're hiking and camping and uh, bouldering and climbing, and they've got you know bikes and motorcycles and four wheelers and all kinds of stuff. Um, if you're a a movie lover or an, a lover of old westerns, um, they said there's been like hundreds of things filmed there. Um, a couple of the movies that I remember was parts of Iron Man. And then parts of Dango Unchained as well, the Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, when I was there, I went back, you know, one time during like the middle of the week just to uh, explore and meander. And there were, a car commercial was being was being filmed when I was there, so that was kind of cool, cool to watch. Um, when I was there, I was there uh, in late winter, so. You know, if I don't know if I don't really exactly know what the weather would be like in the summertime, it might be a bit hot. So, if it is something you want to do, I would probably maybe look into that a little bit. And if you're someone who needs to stay connected, uh, like myself, who you know has to work and such, uh, once you drive into the Alabama Hills, there is no cell service. Um, I have Verizon. I got nothing. Um, I even tried to use my booster and. And there was nothing at all. So um, I'd, I'd go there and camp out, you know, during on the weekends. And during the week, I'd come back out. And there's a few campgrounds around that are close. And the one that I chose was called Tuttle Creek. And it's, you know, literally like a seven-minute drive from when you get out of the Alabama hills. And it's $5 a night. Um, there are bathrooms. There's drinking water. Uh, there's a dump station. It's really cool. And I had perfect cell service i don't even think i used my uh, my booster at all when i was there and i think i even streamed some movies because i was there for quite a while and uh and there's also some a really cool hike too if you're a hiker so if you're in the upper part of the campground and you're looking into the mountains towards um mount whitney which i believe is the the highest peak in the lower 48 you can see this little trail that kind of uh, goes right into the mountain and there's a kind of a you know ro- not really a rock field but you know to get there it's about a mile and a half to get to that just when you start going up you know it's just all rocks and sand not necessarily fun but you get through it and then you start elevating up and you get into the trees and we even saw a little bit of snow that my dog got to play in and about I don't know, five, five and a half, five and a half miles up is an old house that was built by a couple, a hippie couple back in the 50s or 60s that they used for a variety of things. And, um, you know, it's not much of it left, but you can kind of uh, poke around and it's it's kind of fun. Um, I 
it's hard. I found some information about the hike. Um, it's kind of difficult. And if I remember, I will definitely put it up on the blog just to just so if you want to read it because the history of it's kind of interesting too of why they built it and what it was used for and such but it was it's just, it was a nice it was a nice spot and probably uh a good 12 mile you know round trip hike um when it's all said and done so uh definitely a good way to uh spend a day um so another spot i'll mention that's kind of in the same area when you're on 395 on the the eastern part of the Sierra Mountains, if you keep driving going north towards a town called Bishop, and just south of Bishop is a place, and I'm not sure if I'm pronounced this correctly or not, the Keno Hot Springs, uh, K-E-O-G-H. And there's, you know, resorts, you can go RV camp there, which I did not do, but down from the resort is what they call the Keno Hot Springs Ditches. And it's just a bunch of, natural man-made pools that can be used for free and just find a spot and soak. So um, I went there one day and um, you can Google it and find exactly what mile marker you need to turn on, but it's just a series of a bunch of dirt roads. And I just parked my camper pretty quickly for a place I knew I could park and turn around and just started to investigate. And I probably walked maybe, you know, a quarter of a mile and I uh, found this amazing spring this little pool and of course i did not plan at all i had no swimsuit i had no towel but there was like nobody there it was a wednesday so i look around didn't see anybody the entire time so i just like stripped down and got in and uh it was amazing you know um like i said it was late winter and then so late winter in that area is like 50 degrees like you know low 50s and i was just comfortable um not like hot hot you know but like to the point to where my dog actually got in and took a bit of a swim. So, you know, not overly hot. And obviously, the farther the way you get from the source, the the cooler the water gets. So I think I was, you know, on one of the farther springs. But for the time, it was perfect. And I was probably in there for 30, 45 minutes. So you can watch the mountain ranges. You can see the mountains and everything. It's it's pretty cool. There are power lines that go over the top. It's the only un, um, part that's not so pretty to look at. But the rest of it is is uh is pretty and uh so yeah i'm getting ready to get out and i'm looking around again and i don't see a soul so i get out and i'm trying to you know air dry myself and all of a sudden i hear voices and behind me was a family of four who were on bikes and i have no idea where they came from i don't know if they were waiting it out or just you know bad timing but um i guess needless to say i gave them a bit of a show (laughs) you know when i was doing my research on the place i did kind of hear that clothing was a little optional so i didn't feel all that bad about it but and at the same time it was a little embarrassing and i just kind of scooted along and they uh they went into the pool after me so uh really beautiful spot and like that whole section of 395 is there's a lot to do you know you're not you're on the kind of most people always talk about the west side uh, for obvious reasons but the east side's got a lot to offer as well so um next up on my list is uh, i was thinking about the oregon coast and some of my favorite spots and i kind of break up the oregon coast end up into two parts you know you've got the northern part you have more of the tourist towns and you know the pristine beaches and those that kind of thing and then the southern part you know more rugged you know the towns you know not a lot going on you know a lot of more cliffs and such i'm definitely more partial to the south side um so if you are the visual person like myself and you've got your google map out uh, put it in a town called port orford 
O-R-F-O-R-D. And that is the the nearest town. And not much, the town doesn't really have much going on. You you drive through and you just south of town, the road kind of curves the 101. And there's a beautiful spot where you're kind of elevated above the ocean and the ocean kind of comes into this little cove. And, you know, I've been to that spot at two or three different times. And I don't know what it is, something about the illumination or whatever, but it's always just so beautiful. You know, there's a bunch of rocks coming out of the water and everything and it's a really interesting cool spot to, to stop and you can actually walk down to the water as well but if you drive about four more miles down the road down the 101 you'll come to um, humbug state park and there's a, a cool little campground that's right there it's kind of huddled in in the hills um i was there off season again uh, my thought is it's probably a a little tough to get during the summer it's one of those you know all of the state parks you can make reservations ahead of time so that's something i would probably do if i was you know there you know in the summer summer months and from what i remember too cell service was not great i think i actually drove into town one day to work so that's another option um or something else to think about as well but the campground's great it has showers and nice bathrooms and the great the best part about about uh the campground without besides having um wild bears all over the place so you get a free breakfast but it's the beach uh there's a private beach so basically the only way you can get to the beach is through the campground and from where i was at it's about a you know three four minute walk you go under the 101 and it just opens up to this awesome beach you know driftwood everywhere and of course like another rock coming out of the water and i think some of the best sunset shots i've gotten since I started traveling was there. And actually the artwork that I'm using for my podcast that you can find on, that I actually do have on my blog and um, basically everywhere I I post my podcast is from that beach. So it's, uh, yeah, it's really awesome. It's really fun there. And then if you're a hiker, there's two really amazing hikes you can do too. So you've got Humbug Mountain, which is, you know, you start at sea level and you go up 2000 feet to the top uh, pretty good workouts, you know. Um, I always find it funny getting to a top of a mountain and you see the placard and it says 2,000 feet. You know, living in Colorado for most of my for most of my adult life, you know, I start hikes at 10,000 feet, so it's a little odd seeing that. But it's a good workout, you know, to get up there. You know, you're kind of in old growth forest. Um, because of that, you don't necessarily get the best views of the ocean. There's a couple spots you can stop and kind of see through the trees. You can see out out into the ocean but it's a it's a cool it's a cool fun hike to do and uh, to get your blood flowing a little bit as well and then the opposite side of the campground from that spot is another cool hike called the old 101 trail and that's part of the 360 mile oregon coast trail and it kind of scoots up you know up through the campground and you can see and hence the name you know it's used to be the old 101 so if you're into like history and kind of thinking about the way things were it's it's fun because you can see the old it's still like got some pavement there you can see how how narrow it used to be and you know kind of thinking about how people navigated and navigated that road to get to places and it's actually elevated above the current 101 so uh yeah it's fun and i believe i don't know it, the trail obviously keeps going because it's part of the, you know, the coastal trail. I'm not really how sure how how much of the pavement part you get, but I only did a brief little bit of it. But I don't. I like the history stuff, so I thought that was that was interesting. So uh, my next spot, I was um, 
thinking about Northern California, I'm a big, I love Northern California. There's two or three different spots that I spent, you know, weeks hanging out at, you know, there's so much the, through the coastal views and little towns like Trinidad and, and the Redwoods, it was really tough to decide, but I decided to, um, I decided on the Lost Coast, I think that place that not many people I didn't hear about until actually I started traveling. I did a road trip and I saw saw it on a map and did a little bit of research on it. But um, for the people out there who's following along on their phones and their maps, um, <laughs> look up the town of Ferndale, which is a cool town to check out because it's right out of the 1940s, like Victorian houses and storefronts. The first time I passed through was like a week before the 4th of July and there's just American flags all over the place. And, you know, there's like an old, like, you know, store there where, you know, they've got the old signage and it's a park that I remember seeing, um, bocce ball courts and everything. It's, it was fun. It was a fun little place to check out, but it is considered or called the gateway to the lost coast. Um, couple weeks ago actually it was funny or not not really funny but there was a couple earthquakes out here and one of them was close to ferndale and actually cnn did an article about it and actually took the section from wikipedia talking about ferndale because i was just reading it a couple of days prior about being called the gateway to the lost coast um when i was in the area you know like i said i was hanging around for a couple of weeks and i was waiting for a friend of mine who was going to meet me uh he came from boulder and we were going to travel together for a few days and so I was asking around about, you know, can I get my camper back there? What the terrain was like? And but half the people said yes, and half the people said maybe not so much. But, you know, I decided to take to, to take the chance and go for it. And, you know, yeah, it's it's there's only a couple roads in, a couple roads out. And, you know, you start off right away, and it's just ups and downs, and the road is narrow, and it's a little bumpy and needs some maintenance. And we must have been you know, an hour and a half in. And at that point, we stopped a couple different times because my brakes were were smoking pretty good. And um, you were coming down this hill and it looped around. And all of a sudden, the, you could just see the ocean for as far as you can, as your eye can see it. And the road's just going straight down. And from one little angle of the road, it looked like it was going into the ocean. But I just remember I was, you know, we were going down. I was in low gear. I was standing up. And I was pressing on, you know, pressing on the brake and I was still getting speed, you know, and there's a brief moment or two that I wasn't exactly sure how things were going to turn out. If it was going to be a happy story that I'm telling you right now or perhaps possibly a story in the local newspaper, but uh, I don't remember swearing or anything. I think I was pretty calm, but we got, I got, you know, the camper turned on stayed on the road and right after that was a little place to turn off and I turned off and the brakes were you know on fire they're smoking up and I kind of told my friend that I needed to take a walk and then kind of told him about you know I was a, wasn't sure if uh how things were going to turn out but all worked out um wasn't too bad and we ended up not going that same way back so it was all it all worked out for the best that I needed to. But, you know, once we were there, it's, um, it is beautiful. We camped out at this campground called Matol, I believe, M-A-T-T-O-L-E campground, which is right on the water. It has like a big um, sand dune kind of in front and goes out into the beach. And there's just 26 miles of, um, of just beach and ocean, you know, section where you can go and backpack and people say it takes three or four days you can backpack the entire section 
uh, we didn't do the, we did about eight miles, maybe not, maybe not even that. Uh, we, we hiked to, uh, a lighthouse and which was really cool. Old bat used back in the day. Um, took a bunch of photos, saw some marine life. I think they were elephant seals, I believe. And then on the way back, my friend, he, uh, he grew up in Washington state and knows a lot more about the ocean and all that stuff than I do growing up in Iowa, but and low tide, the tide was getting lower. So we climbed up on the rocks and saw some starfish and, you know, a bunch of other little, a bunch of our life. It was cool. It was, it was fun to learn about all that stuff. It's something that's just over my head. So it was a fun, a really fun experience. Um, the rest of the Lost Coast is, it's, I should say, is interesting. You know, it's lots of just dense forests, a couple small towns. You know, you'd be driving through the highway, on the, on the highways or whatever you want to call them. And, you know, you see burned out cars and, you know, uh, lots of places with, you know, do not enter signs and you're being watched signs and all kinds of stuff like that. And I think there's just a lot, I think they're all a bunch of pot farms out there. So I imagine back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it was a completely different place. I'm sure I've, it's probably a little dangerous back there. People, you know, um, protecting their marijuana and such, you know, now I don't think it being as probably as bad as it used to be, but you know, we were uh, one night, we stayed at another campground that was off the water a little bit. We were walking just along the highway and got a couple looks from people kind of driving by, you know, being can tell that we weren't from the area and just making sure we weren't doing anything uh, crazy and such. Um, but yeah, after that, we just kind of stuck close, to, you know, closer to the coast, coastal area, and it was fine. Um, but yeah, as we decided to drive, you know, drive out, we went a different way back. And the road actually wasn't as bad this other direction, but the cool part was it kind of, you know, it comes out into the Humboldt Redwoods, another, which, another Redwood area. So we're all of a sudden there's just groves of Redwoods all over the place and we ended up camping out there for three or four days. So that's a good, you know, prize for, you know, feeling like you're in the middle of nowhere, you know, for a few days and then come out and get to hang out in the Redwood trees for a while. And I mean, that area is so awesome too, because then from there, you know, you're in the Redwoods, which is amazing. And then you drive a little bit farther south on the 101 and it gets you to the one, which is an amazing coastal drive that takes you all the way into San Francisco, which is probably one of the, you know, better drives I've done. You know, I, you know, there might be a couple in there too, you know, Big Sur and such that compete, but it's a great, it's a great drive. And that's, relatively close to that whole little section. So I think I've got time to talk about one more little spot. So let's try to get away from the Pacific Northwest a little bit. And, oh, excuse me. And um, we're going to talk about um, the Sawtooth Mountain Range in Idaho. Uh, one of my favorite places, might put it number three total, maybe three or four. It's a place I stumbled, stumbled upon you know, on a road trip about five years ago, and I've been in love ever since. Uh, there's a couple different ways, you know, a few different ways you can get up there. Um, I've done it two different directions. There's one, if you're in Boise, you can take the Ponderosa Pine Scenic Byway up to Stanley. Um, so yeah, so Stanley, Idaho is the town to put in, um, population 63, <laughs> big metropolis there. I think there there's a pizza, a pizza place small little store and maybe a hotel if i remember correctly um but anyway you take up 
you know, you take that highway and it's 123 miles. So I do remember coming down that section thinking like, oh yeah, it's not too bad, but it'll take you a good three hours. It's another one of those windy up and down roads. Uh, beautiful. You get some amazing scenery, but uh, definitely take your time. And then there's another way I've gone as well, and that's through Sun Valley. So that'd be farther. That'd be taken around the corner near like International Falls. You know, you'd be coming in on the different side through, I think I did that when I came through the Tetons one time. But anyway, so that one's a little more, I feel like a little more drawn out too. Um, and it gradually, you get more gradual ups than you do the straight up from Boise. And that side, lots of pretty views too. You start to get the elevation and seeing the mountains and you get some valleys and some of that kind of stuff, which reminded me a little bit of Yellowstone. As the other side, you do more jagged mountains and you see the sawtooths. And that reminds me a little more of the Tetons. Not sure if it's exactly a fair comparison, but um, I always thought the sawtooth mountain range and that whole area in general kind of encompassed a little bit of both of those places. So uh, it's just an enormously pretty place. And, you know, you have, you have, it takes a little bit of work to get there. So it seems like there's less people. I've been there twice and both times have been off season. So I don't know what it's like, you know, necessarily in the middle of the summertime. Um, but when I was there, you know, I, there are plenty of campsites. Um, there's little nooks to camp for free all over the place as well. I've done both. I stayed in a campground that was right on the lake. And then I also stayed in an area that was free, had like a bathroom, like not too far away from where I was. I think I had to drive, but it was free camping. So it was good. Uh, there is a, a big lake that's kind of right off the high, that the highway called Redfish Lake, which is hugely popular. I think that's the place most people gravitate towards. Um, there's a lodge, the cabins, rooms, and there's a restaurant and a bar. So uh, you'll find people on their boating and doing all the water activities. Um, I was there, I, I was there to hike. I was there to get myself into the mountains and into the wilderness. And the best hike I did when I was there was, uh, the saw was Sawtooth Lake. And it was about a five mile one way, but you get two lakes on the way. So you go, go up and you get the Alpine Lake first and you get to see that lake and you get to climb above Alpine Lake to uh, Sawtooth Lake. And you're above tree line when you're at Sawtooth Lake and, it is gorgeous, it, you know, and like I said, I was there off season. I think after the first two miles, I didn't see a soul the rest of the time. I was completely by myself. So it was one of those places, yeah, I would love to do that hike again and quite possibly maybe this summer, we will see. But I think that's all the time, I, <clears throat> excuse me, all the time that I have for this episode. Um, so I would like, you know, if, all my episodes can be found on my pot or on my on my um, site, travelingdesigner.co. So if you have any comments about this episode or something that you want to maybe hear in the future, please uh, let me know. And I'd love to get critiqued as well. It's always it's always good. Um, you can also find my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and I also and I actually started a YouTube channel as well. So my all the episodes will be there, and I'll also include a bunch some other short videos of my travels and uh, other things I'm compelled to share as well. And um, the be <clears throat> excuse me, the best way to always figure out where I'm at is probably either on my website. I do my best to try to update where I'm at, but also Instagram. I post pretty often there as well. So like I said in the last episode, I always like to end with a quote, something I'm a big fan of quotes. So I found one here and it is, 
If all difficulties were known at the outset of a long journey, most of us would never start out at all. And that's from Dan Rather, which is a very good quote and very true. And uh, if you are on Twitter, I highly suggest um, finding Dan Rather's Twitter Twitter feed. It's pretty, he's got some good stuff and some good articles. So uh, I think that's all the time we've got. And I want to thank everybody for, for listening to episode two. I really appreciate it. And um, happy exploring to everyone. Bye-bye. To listen to all the episodes and to read my blog, go to www.travelingdesigner.co. That's www.travelingdesigner.co.